Welcome to Writers with Wrinkles, where authors Beth McMullen and Lisa Schmidt iron out the wrinkles in writing, publishing, and everything in between, one podcast at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this bonus episode of Writers with Wrinkles. Before we get started talking about what we're grateful for, because it is Thanksgiving week and we feel like that's an appropriate topic, I just want to remind you that our next episode will feature Eliza Wheeler, who is a New York Times bestselling illustrator and author of children's books. So I definitely encourage you to turn into that, tune into that excuse me, too much stuffing. I've lost my capacity to speak on next Monday. So now we're going to talk about what we're grateful for. Do you want to go first, Lisa? Um, yeah, I can go first. (laughs) You're like, um, no, I don't. (laughs) I'd be grateful if you didn't ask me to go first. (laughs) I was just sitting here, like leaning back, staring out the window, and I'm like, oh, wait, relaxing. (laughs) Well, I should mention that we started this theme came up or this topic came up because you and I were texting on Thanksgiving, and I always, you know, have to interject in the moment and tell you on Thanksgiving Day how much I value and appreciate you and how much I love you. And so that's That's so nice. It's so nice. You do do it every year. So I I I will know when you're done being friends with me, there's just going to be silence (laughs) on Thanksgiving. And I'll be like, oh, Lisa's done with me. She's moved on. When when you don't get a text on Thanksgiving, (laughs) check Facebook and make sure I haven't unfriended you. You've unfriended (laughs) me, unfollowed me. Don't angry me. Don't anger me. (laughs) So, but that's how this came up. You know, first of all, it's always like, oh, you know, I appreciate you. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I get all, you know, missing on texting you. And then we started talking about how we met, how we met at SCBWI. And I think we've talked about that, how I met you at the conference. But it was just like very brief and kind of like, hi, how are you? And then you kind of disappeared. And I was terrified. A a flash of fog smoke into the distance. I was like, wait a minute. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, my God, that conference. I I had (laughs) no idea what I was doing. Oh. So I just, we had like a brief encounter. And then we were, I was sitting at the airport, shocking in the wine bar, (laughs) (laughs) waiting to go to SCBWI LA. And all of a sudden I see you walking by and I don't even know, because I met, you meet a million people at the conference. I don't know how I remembered your name, but I just summoned it from the dark recesses of my brain. And I was like, Beth, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's how our little friendship began was I accosted you. I accost a lot of people. I know, Um, but it's all for good. It's all with with the best of intentions. And like half of these people end up being your friends. So it's working. I know. I do accost a lot of people. And people say that they're like, yeah, you kind of yelled out my name or I was at a workshop and you just came up and said, you're having lunch with us. But you know what? Like, I think that when you're trying to remember somebody's name and you get a moment where you can like grab onto a tiny bit of it. If you don't just blurt it out, it could just disappear. 
Yeah. And then you're back to being like, oh, I don't know that person's name. Or you start to second guess yourself and you're like, okay, maybe that's not their name. So I should not say it out loud. And then the person is gone and the opportunity is lost. So I think it's actually a good, a good default to just blurt it out. And that way you can get their attention. Well, it's funny now that you say that, you know, how like when you like you've met somebody and then you get past the point of like asking them their name. So there was a girl that was like, I met this woman in when Ollie was in kindergarten and, you know, I met her and I'm sure she told me her name. And then I never like I, it got past the point where I could ask her name again. And in my phone, I just had her as Blondie. And I knew that it was this, you know, Reagan's mom, but I just had her as Blondie. And so, you know, one day Ollie was going through my phone. He's like, who's Blondie? And I'm like, it's Reagan's mom. And he looks at me and he's like, you mean Julie? And just with like this slow blink. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I mean, I knew her name by that point, but for the first couple of years, and I don't know why I never thought just to ask another parent, but I was just like, oh, she's just Blondie. I do that. I have such a problem remembering names. It's like I go into a fugue state when somebody introduces themselves to me and I can't remember it. Even those tricks of say the name, attach it to something in your brain, and then you'll remember it. That does not work for me. It's too much work. And I, I get in this situation all the time. And then I'm trying to scramble and figure out a way to find out their name without asking them because I've known them now for months. Well, and the worst is when somebody comes up and starts talking to you and you're with somebody and they're kind of looking at you like, why did introduce, you introduce this person? Yeah, so I just... know. I know. Sometimes I'll say the person's name that I do know and then hope the other person says yeah. their name, but it doesn't always work like that. And then yeah. you're just really humiliated and just hanging yeah. there feeling like an idiot. I know it's bad. It's a bad thing that I wish I could solve, but... At this point, it's been going on for so long. And I have names like that in my phone where it's so-and-so's mom or the woman with the long black hair or whatever, because I, I don't know. I don't know. It's bad. I try. Now I can just blame it on age because I'm old. And I I have lots of wrinkles. There's so much that we can blame on age, even if like 90% of it has nothing to do with age. It's just, I've been like this my whole life. So what am I grateful for? So again, I'm going, you know, emotional and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I was just thinking about it. And so, you know, in, in, in connection with writing and, you know, I wanted to kind of keep on that theme. I mean, I'm grateful for a lot of stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for potato chips. Um, oh, me too. I just ate some, but I mean, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for, but I will say I'm grateful for you and go ahead, go ahead and cry. So I have a lot of writer friends and I have a wonderful circle of people who are super supportive. I've got my critique partners and um, my beta readers and I have, you know, friends that are like, yay, when I get a book deal or yay, you know, whatever. Which Um, you just did. Can we once again remind the audience that Lisa has a brand new shiny book deal? Okay, that's it. Keep going. And so I was just sitting there going, oh, my God, if I didn't have you, I would never have written another book or done a podcast. Like, you're that person in my life that pushes me, not always in a pleasant way, (laughs) but pushes me to to do more, to be better, to believe in myself. Like, when when my first book deal kind of fell apart years ago, 
uh, when I went with a really small publisher and I was, you were like, get out of it, get out of it. And then you're like, you deserve better. And so I canceled that contract and then I got, you know, I got a, a book deal for Ollie Oxley. And I don't think, you know, I believed in myself. And you're like that one person that's always like totally believes in me, totally pushes me forward. And I think that, you know, I'm so grateful for that, you know, having you as my friend, but also having you as somebody who pushes me. I think everybody in, in you know, especially in writing, because this is such a solitary, lonely, you know, debilitating existence. <laughs> so that I think that if you don't have a Beth McMullen in your life, go find one. Like, just put an ad in the paper, do whatever you need to do, but get that one person in your life that is, you know, that that is going to push you and make you uncomfortable and um, is totally annoying is what she's trying to totally. say in a nice way is that I'm really annoying and nudgy. Well, too. you are, but you know mm-hmm. what? I think about what I, you know, this book, I honestly, and I will say, I swear I never would have written it. If you hadn't kept saying, just start it, just start it, you know, just keep doing it. Just- well, you have so many good ideas. I mean, I think that one thing that writers struggle with are just getting new, fresh ideas. And you have many of those. So I think that the actual sitting down and writing part is the part where it's easy to to remind somebody to do that part, because the hard part is getting the idea. And you've already done those, those just come to you, you know, you're lucky that way. So I feel like yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it's like you have these ideas and you have the skills and the talent to do it. And it's just a matter of reminding you to sit in your chair, your squeaky chair, and get it done. People at home don't know this, but I have a squeaky chair and I'm supposed to change it out each time we do the um, podcast recording, but I don't always do it. And then so she has to, to sit totally still like a stone. <laughs> Or I start waving my hands at her. Stop squeaking. It's crazy. Okay, so that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for our friendship. And I'm grateful for the fact that you push me harder than anybody else. And I think that, um, like I said, if you're out there and you're, you're, you've got everything else, you know, find that one person that's going to be your squeaky wheel that's you know, in your ear in the middle of the night as you're laying there going, I'm not going to do this anymore. I hate writing. It's awful. No, you don't. Sit down, do it. Okay. You can hate it, but you still have to do it. So sorry. All right. So you you got what What am I grateful for? Uh, First thing is that I'm grateful that you agreed to this stupid podcast adventure to go on this stupid podcast adventure with me because I am a known podcast obsessive and I've been dying to do a show, but it's like, it's work and it's commitment. So the fact that you said yes, without really thinking it through, pretty awesome. I'm very grateful for that because this is really fun. We've gotten to talk to some really fun people and I'm just happy to be able to do it. I'm also grateful for, and this just occurred to me yesterday, and this is kind of a broad one. I'm grateful for my local library here in Davis, California. It's this beautiful facility full of energy and life and enthusiasm and people doing all sorts of things. And I walked in there yesterday and it's just like a supercharge. You know, it makes you feel 
good about what you're doing and how you're contributing to the books on those shelves. And the kids room is just bonkers because it's school vacation and everybody's like, I need something to do with my child. I will take them to the library and let them run around like a lunatic. But the kids are having so much fun and there's all sorts of reading going on. And I get to see so many of my friends on the shelves, which is great. So I'm, I'm happy that our society still puts a value on that and supports that because I think it's just an incredible resource and feeds so much into, you know, communities around the country, certainly my community here. So that's kind of just a, a broader, a broader one that I am thankful for. Here is a big Thanksgiving question. Now, Thanksgiving was a couple of days ago. So what is your favorite Thanksgiving food. Now I'm asking this because my daughter told me she hates everything that is Thanksgiving. She hates all the food. So I'm like, really all of it? So do you have a favorite, a favorite Thanksgiving side dish or whatever? You don't know. And it's funny. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm surrounded by people who are like, nope, I don't like any of this. (laughs) I don't really, you know, I, I did a Friendsgiving with, you know, some local families, like all these kids, mom, you know, friends that, right. you know, their parents kind of thing. And it's so much work. I don't know. Like it is like, it's just too much work. I was like complaining it to the guy, complaining to the guy at the checkout counter so much. He recognized me a couple days later and he's like, how was it? Was it as much work as you thought? And I'm like, yes, only worse. You stressed um, him out. <laughs> I did. He was just like, oh my God. So I don't, I don't, I was sitting there and I like made all this food and I was just like, yeah, I'm not loving any of this. And it was so funny. There's this, I always ask people to bring side dishes. And this one guy, Dan brought some Brussels sprouts in like tossed in mustard. Like, and I was like, Ooh, that looks good. That's like something I could like lean into. Right. So I, Piled them on my plate because I'm just like not loving anything else. And he's sitting right next to me. And so I go to like cut one in half and they're kind of, it was kind of hard. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't like that. So I didn't even eat one. And he looks over at me like at the end and he's like, well, he's like, what's the problem? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, I like them softer. And then he's like, but this is when you know you have a good friend. He's like, do you mind? And I'm like, no. And he just started eating them off my plate. But I just don't, I don't love anything. And I told Eric the other night, my husband, that um, next year we're just doing Mexican food for Friendsgiving because I'm just over it. I'm over the turkey, the stuffing, I'm over it all. Don't love any of it. I actually, so we were out of town for Thanksgiving. So we did a a Saturday giving, which was actually yesterday. And (laughs) I forgot to eat the turkey. Like it just never, we had like 12 people and I forgot the turkey, it never made its way down to my side of the table. <laughs> so I just didn't eat it. And then when I was cleaning up, I was like, wait, I didn't try the turkey. How was it? Like, it's was just it so, I don't know. I didn't eat any of it. I mean, everyone else said it was good, but I didn't eat any of it. I, I mean, I like the stuffing. I could skip all the other stuff. Yeah. So I made twice as much stuffing as normal so that I have an entire sheet of it in the refrigerator for me to eat over the next couple of days. Oh, see, that's nice. I can't. So I'm gluten free. Well, I, the thing is I could make like a, a gluten free stuffing just for me, but that's yeah. just too much work because I'm already doing too much other stuff. And it's so funny because I was kept hoping somebody else would sign up for the stuffing. And so I'm like, oh my God, it's just one more thing I have to make that I can't eat. So I got stovetop stuffing. 
just like threw it in the crock pot and added some onions and stuff. And I'm like, they'll never know. Like <laughs> they won't stop stuffing. And so And they probably he, loved it. They did. They did. There was like somebody after he'd been drinking all night was over like eating the crusty part <laughs> off the, yes. the crock pot. I sound like oh I have disgusting God. friends. For, oh, wait, it was the same guy that was eating off my plate. same guy. He was like, I need something to add on top of those Brussels sprouts. I'm going to go lick out the crock pot. You know what? I think if they were a little bit mushier and then had the mustard thing on it. They would have been be, good. It would have been good. All right. So, friends, we're thankful for you, of course, to all of our listeners, for people who are supporting this podcast. If you like it, please tell a friend. Share the love. And tune in on Monday, a week from today, for Eliza Wheeler, because that's going to be a great conversation. (laughs) I'm going to have to try to keep Lisa calm. I might have to sedate her before we start recording. We're going to take a couple Benadryls or something. Yeah, I'm going to be like, did you have your Benadryl? Because Eliza, we don't want to scare Eliza. Okay, so my whole thing is like to act like really cool to make up for my (laughs) lack of coolness when I met her. And so I am going to psych myself out and just be super cool and chill. And, you know, I'm sure I'll have the, my book with me. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. You can hold up your book. Yeah. As a so. look, look what I have. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Writers with Wrinkles. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.